Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. Before we get into the details of this, I need to remind you that we are all leaders. Welcome to the Cornercast. My name is Kelsey Kenry, and I help professional women become fulfilled, earn more money, and discover themselves so that they can succeed without sacrificing their mental or physical health. On this show, We'll talk about how to achieve work-life balance, become more organized and productive, so you can stop living your life on autopilot. Welcome, and thank you for being here. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Cornercast. I'm excited. I feel like I'm always excited when I record these, but this might be one where I go a little off script just because today we're talking about leadership and specifically being a woman in leadership. So here's the thing. Before we get into the details of this, I need to remind you that we are all leaders. So I've had some conversations lately about some of my clients that have moved into leadership roles, and I'm going to talk more about that. But truthfully, just because you don't have a team of people working underneath you or whatever that looks like, it doesn't mean that you're not in leadership. And the reason being is because leadership is just leading by example. And that means that there are always people watching that we may not recognize are watching, okay? So if we carry ourselves and if more women carried themselves as leaders and accepted that and saw themselves as that, it's actually something that's very empowering. So we're talking about being a woman in leadership. We're going to talk about kind of what more about what leadership is some different types of leadership, which is incredible because when I was actually doing the research for this show, I have like my own ideas of leadership, which I'm going to talk about, but the categories of leadership at this point are just, there's way too many. So I picked three that are like the most common and I love kind of things like this to where I can find myself in something like that, you know, any sort of self-discovery. We all love that stuff. So anyways, we're going to talk about those, you know, the different types of leadership and also the importance of creating your type of leadership and what kind of stops us from leading or being the leaders that we desire to be. And then of course, how we can be better leaders. So when 
we are women in leadership, we tend to have a lot of pressure on ourselves to succeed, to lead by example. But if you go back and listen to my episode on the pressure of success, I talk about that more in depth, but there is healthy pressure just as there is healthy levels of stress and anxiety. It can be motivating for us. You know, there's plenty of times in the morning at 5 a.m. when I don't want to get up that I'm like, well, I don't really have a choice because number one, I need to honor myself, but also there's people that expect me to practice what I preach, right? So when I think about leadership, my own story and the development of leadership within me, it's very interesting because when I was little, I had this idea of what I wanted to be when I grew up, right? So we all have these ideas. We all say stuff, whether there's meaning behind it or not, who knows? But my vision was that I was going to be president. So this is so funny because coming from a kid, there's, you know, I I didn't know anything about presidency, obviously. And so now I look back on that and just laugh because it's like, was that something that was instilled in me that I knew in that moment that I was supposed to be a leader? And so I felt it inside of me that, that when I'm, when I'm not leading or when I'm not doing things that I believe leaders should do or what aligns with my type of leadership, I don't feel good. It's just interesting to think. So I had that thought when I was little. And then of course I went off on this path of discovery, we'll call it, in which I was exploring a lot of things that were hurtful to myself, um, you know, exploring with drugs and alcohol and sex and just, you know, abusing my body in different kinds of way, which was all happening because of how I was feeling internally. And so any thought of leadership during that was definitely pushed to the side, right? You know, how could I be or even think about being a leader when I wasn't even taking care of myself? And so when I came out of this haze and this, this, the darkness that I call it, that was a period of my life, I had so much fear surrounding and so much shame surrounding my life and what people were going to think. And so when I started to pick up the pieces and started putting things back together with a lot of guidance, of course, I eventually was able to move from the place of being embarrassed to actually being really empowered to where my story and the darkness that I felt shame around is actually the same story that I've built my life upon right? To where it's truthfully, because I had that experience, I believe that it's made me a better leader and a better coach and somebody who can relate with people on a different level. But that shift was hard for me, you know, because I spent so long in in the shame of, okay, like, what are people going to think? How can I be a leader? Who is going to listen to me or care what I have to say after making those choices that I made? And it's just interesting when we switch that around and we start treating ourselves well and we start really seeing the value that we hold, 
when I felt valuable internally and when I started to get to that place internally and when I started to see that those choices were choices that I made and there was a reason why I made them and I started to work on forgiveness and acceptance, I was able to move to that place of empowerment because I could let go of all of the shame that I was feeling. So that's my transition into leadership. And I think that my style of of leadership is a little bit different because of that. And I think that we all have our own twists on how we do things. And so whether you're a leader in a corporate sense or you're a leader in your home, you know, we all have things that we bring with us from our experience that help us to lead. So me having that transition and me going through that process and living those experiences and living the experiences that I continue to live is actually, you know, why I help other women find fulfillment and see their potential. Because so often we're trapped just as I was to where it's like, well, I can't be that or do that because of this. But truthfully, those things that you're fearful of or ashamed of Those are probably the exact things that if you can find some pride and if you can find the silver lining in those things, it will help you to build better connections and help you to have better relationships and help you to be a better leader. So when we talk about leadership, the, I guess the official definition of leadership is, you know, the action of leading a group of people or an organization. So This can be a group of two toddlers. This can be an organization of your family. This can be whatever we want it to be, right? But specifically here, we're talking about you as a professional wanting to have continued success and be able to be somebody that people trust and be somebody that can help people make decisions, right? So I truly do have the belief that we are all leaders in some way, whatever our team looks like. So to me and my definition or or what I think about when I think about leadership is it's an internal feeling. Right. So I talked about earlier how when I said I wanted to be president, (laughs) I talked about how I had that feeling of wanting to be president and how I must have known that I was I was born to be a leader. That's my belief now. As that has happened now, when I stepped away and I was in that darkness, I truly believe that along with all the other things that I was feeling internally there was that misalignment with my own value of leadership because I value leadership so much. And because I was not being a leader, because I was not taking care of myself, I physically felt this. And even now, this is something that if I misalign, which we all do, no matter what our values are, and we can know those, there are going to be times to where we take a step outside of that. And then we recognize like, that's not who I want to be. That is not the most important thing to me. That doesn't feel good. So to me, leadership is is a feeling. It, It rises up in me and shows me when I need to take action. And so it's actually so severe for me that I can't stop thinking about it until I do something. And so it's very easy to think of this similar to anxiety. 
But I actually have talked with some clients about sometimes our anxiety actually is what propels us into action. So I feel that need, right, to speak up to where it's like, I don't care if it's two people listening or 200 people or 2,000, but this is something that needs to be spoken upon. The things that have happened in our country and in our world in 2020, I've had to speak up and have some uncomfortable conversations and I've had to educate myself in areas that I didn't feel comfortable with, but it's just what I had to do because I physically felt it. So when I'm speaking of leadership and how I feel as a leader, and maybe you feel this too, there is a physical feeling of you need to take action. There's something here for you. There's something, there's somebody that needs to hear from you on this, or there's somebody that's longing for your support on this. So let's get into some types of leadership. So when I was doing some research on this, again, there was so many different types, and this is something that's been there's so much research and there's continued development, just like with anything else. So what I did is I pulled kind of like the three most common ones. And the first one is authoritarian. And so authoritarian leadership dictates policy and procedure and directs the work without looking for any meaningful input from the people around them. There is a very high expectation with less communication. And some of the causes uh, that come from this type of leadership, there can be less creativity, but maybe more productivity. So it can be good if you have this type of leader who's like, it's somebody who's very educated on whatever the situation is. It's like, okay, well, they're the decision maker. They are the per- the go-to, so nobody else really gets a say because they have the highest education around this subject. So the problem with this type of leadership is that this can be steering towards a little more fear-based leadership. So when I think about leadership, I think about like there's fear-based leadership and there's compassion-based leadership. Those are my two types of leadership. I'll talk more about those when I'm done with these three. But this, to me, steers a little more towards that to where... If somebody oversteps, it causes like dysfunction because it's like this person has to be in charge and doesn't want to hear anything from anybody else. And in this type of leadership, yes, there is a lot of productivity, but people are following the rules out of fear. So I'm not saying there's good types and bad types of leadership necessarily, but anything that kind of falls under more of a fear-based leader, which we see a lot of, especially in a lot of big organizations. That's the authoritarian leadership. So one of the most common questions I get is about self-care and specifically within that about creating routine. And so I want to give you guys one of my favorite products that I use in my morning and night routine. Whenever you're creating a morning or a night routine, it can sometimes feel like work. And so my best tip for creating some sort of routine is always going to be starting with something small. And that's how I started using Tula skincare. And it fell so easily into a routine. Because honestly, you can simply start with washing your face and using a moisturizer. 
it doesn't have to be some big, fancy, long process. But what I did notice is number one, my skin got better. Number two, I started to feel better. Just having that added to my routine, it's just a really small piece of self-care. And honestly, morning and night, I spend less than five minutes doing it. So if you've ever looked at Tula, I love Tula for a lot of reasons. And honestly, I use all of their products. But if you want to try Tula, hop on there and start your hashtag self-care routine without it taking any significant amount of time in your day. But it really does make a difference. The next one is participative. So in this leadership, others are engaged in the decision-making process. This leader offers guidance, but they also ask for feedback. They're part of a team, which creates commitment within the group and better communication. And so there might be a little bit less productivity depending on the people, the employees, whoever you're dealing with, but there's more creativity and the quality of work can be better because people have a little more freedom and they feel like what they're doing matters. So the the struggle with this is sometimes boundaries can be an issue because it's very easy when you are a leader and essentially you have the final say, but you're asking for feedback because you genuinely care for the feedback. It's very easy for kind of lines to get skewed on who actually makes the final decision. And so people can get confused on kind of like who the leader is. If I have to choose between one of these two, I'm always going to go with this, the second one to where it's asking for feedback from other people and letting other people be a part of the result and the decision. And then the the third one that I found was delegative. So this is the most like hands-off type of leadership. So there's very little guidance and the decision-making is essentially up to the other people involved. The leader is providing necessary tools and resources to complete a project and like will take responsibility for the results, but the power is essentially handed over to the people doing the work. And this one's pretty interesting because I think it's depending on where this type of leadership is, it could work really well, right? Like if you have a bunch of people that are assigned and they have a specific task and you trust your people, then it's easy to have this to where it's like, you know what your job is, you know what you're doing, just do that. The problem is when you have people that don't know how to be productive or get lost easily. So maybe the instructions in this aren't very clear because the leader is so hands-off or there's not enough communication. That could be another problem. So, you know, if we're talking about like a highly skilled individual that has one job that's very trusted and that's what they do, then it's a little bit easier. You know, they know their deadlines and things like that. But if we're talking about somebody that needs a little more direction and communication and clarity, this is going to be the struggle. And it's important to know these types of leadership because I'm sure listening to this, you're kind of hearing maybe what your superior, which one of these they fall into as well. And so it's powerful because when you know what the strengths are, you can lean into those. And when you know what the weaknesses are, you can change your expectations around it. So 
The other issue with the delegative leadership is that it does not work well for people who are lacking motivation, just because for somebody to say, here is the thing, see you later, versus, you know, the other two to where it's like, here's the thing, here's exactly what you do, here's what you do it by, don't do anything outside of that, or here's the thing to do, here's like when I need it by, but play with it however you need. Like those are kind of like how it looks like. So if somebody doesn't have really like motivation or they aren't very good at meeting deadlines, it can really reflect as they they can perform poorly if they aren't given enough instruction or communication. So going back to what I believe as far as leadership, I really just think that there's two main types of leaders, fear-based leaders and compassion-based leaders. So a fear-based leader is going to be somebody who their want and need for respect and being the leader and being seen as a leader and how they're portrayed overcomes the importance of how they do things. So fear-based leaders are can offer like kind of like empty threats or just threats in general or like consequences or, you know, being in a meeting and having somebody say, you know, this is going to happen if you don't do this kind of thing. That's fear-based leadership. Fear-based leadership also, there's a lot of negativity surrounding it. And then compassion-based is where you meet people in the middle and you do ask for feedback and you ask more questions. I uh, have a client who is a doctor and she works in a hospital and she's recently been moved up to a leadership position. And the leaders that are also that she's worked with and that came before her and that are above her have more of a fear-based leadership. And she has really struggled with that because she is definitely a compassion-based leader. And so what we have discussed is how important it is for her to continue to honor herself and that even though the people that have come before her lead a certain way, it doesn't mean that she needs to conform to that. So the reason why I share this with you is that if you are in a position at your job and you've, you've, you've seen one thing and most people do things a certain way, if that doesn't feel right to you, then it's okay to question it. And so with her, we've developed some great new strategies for her to be able to bring compassion to the workplace, especially because we're talking about the healthcare field here where people's mental health is not addressed and not prioritized. They are burned out. They are worked to the bone. They are not taken care of. And she doesn't like that. And she wants to do something about that. And so, you know, just like speaking up in meetings to where people are getting scores are being evaluated and people are not feeling good. And for her to come in and say, but you're doing this really well. And for her to come in and say, I noticed that you guys worked really well on this, or I noticed that you guys did this really well, and this has improved so much. So bringing some positivity and bringing in some encouragement, because that makes people want to do more of that versus just continually telling them what they're not doing well. And so this type of leadership is it gives us a lot of freedom to still be the people that we want to be. You can still be respected and you will still have people that are loyal to you. And more likely you're going to build better relationships and have more people that are loyal to you because they're not just being productive or doing their job because they feel like they have to, and they're scared that you're going to be mad at them. 
right? So when it comes to just stepping into leadership or even viewing ourselves as leaders, the things that kind of stop us from really accepting this are, are, you know, fear of judgment. What are other people going to think? That almost need to conform as to however things were done before you to where we've all felt that to where it's like, okay, here's the job description. Here's what it looks like. Here's how you do it. And you, then you just do that rather than saying, okay, I see this and I can do this, but like add my own, bring my own values and my own portion of this while still doing the job at hand. So we have to really release any fear of judgment if we want to be good leaders, because that fear of judgment is just holding you back from being able to support the people that need you. Another thing that stops us from leading or leading well is people-pleasing. I have another client who has recently stepped into a leadership role in a school, and she's having a lot of challenges with the balance between being accommodating to people and also being, you know, very rigid with what she says goes kinds of things. So what we talked about there is, you know, you can't please everybody because that's just going to run you into the ground. And truthfully, people pleasing, people are not going to view you as a leader. So as a leader, people want to trust you. They want to come to you and whether that's, you know, just to to talk and have you listen, whether that's to ask questions, whether it's a variety of, of both things, but people pleasing stops us from being good leaders. And then the last and, and probably the most common, maybe not the most common, these are all pretty common, actually. The last thing is the anxiety of the unknown, right? Like if I step into this leadership role, if I accept that I am a leader, what if I fail? What if I don't do a good job? What if I'm not a good leader? Last night I was having a conversation with a client in which she was expressing how, you know, she's, she's so good in the classroom with the children. And that's where she loves to be. And that's where her heart is. But dealing with adults and being in this leadership role has been a struggle for her. And so my question to her was, what can you bring in the way that you're leading in the classroom to be leading in this position? Because I think it's truly about so many other things. We overcomplicate, right? It's like all of a sudden we're an employee and then we get moved to a different position and we're climbing this ladder. And now we have three people underneath us and we're like, what the hell do I do? I don't know what to do. Well, you just keep doing what what you've done because you don't just go into a new role and then have the expectation that you're just going to ace it and know everything right away. You're going to be forced into discomfort because you're going to have to grow into that role. And that's the beautiful thing about leadership is that as leaders, we are required to grow because we can't lead if we aren't growing. So the things that stop you from leading, they're all internal. We can't please everybody. And people are going to judge us regardless of what we say. And if you fail, it's a lesson. And you'll handle it like any of the other lessons in your life where you move through it and you take ownership and then you figure out what's next. So let's talk about some ways how some ways that we can be better leaders. The first is the most obvious, leading by example. 
you have to be honest with yourself and be willing to do self-discovery and improvement. And if you feel like that you are so busy pouring into other people that you can't do the research, gain the knowledge, whatever it is that you actually want to be able to be a better leader, that's a sign that you need to create some space in your life. And that's something I can help you do. But if you want to outpour, there has to be an inpouring. You have to feed into yourself. You have to be constantly learning and growing. So the second thing is to ask more questions. Don't assume that you always have the answers. Just because somebody comes to you with a question, you can always return with a question. Learn from the people around you. It doesn't matter whose position is what. It doesn't matter if somebody's three job levels below you. They still have something they can teach you because they have a different story and a different skill set. We're all unique. And so just ask more questions. As a leader, asking more questions allows you to learn from other people. It makes you a better leader because it makes you more compassionate and understanding, but it also pours into you because you're gaining knowledge. The third thing is to communicate directly and effectively. Effective and direct communication is something I talk about every single day with clients. Do not wait to communicate until you're frustrated or angry. Don't communicate then. It's not going to be productive. You have to learn how to communicate. And in order to learn how to communicate, you have to be in touch with yourself. And if you're disconnected from yourself, again, this is something that I can help you walk through. Because you can't be a good leader if you're disconnected. You can't communicate directly or effectively with anybody when you don't know what you want to say. You will end up continuously just shutting down because you're so overwhelmed and then you won't say anything. And then everything will be good and then everything will go back. And then everything will be good and then you'll be overwhelmed again. It's a vicious cycle. And then the last thing is to recognize the positives. Just like I was talking about with my client moving into a place that's been previously fear-based leadership and now she's being a compassionate leader, recognize the positive in people and what they're doing around you. Practice gratitude for those people. Celebrate their skills. And these are all things that apply in your workplace and in your home. Okay. So I'm so glad we got to talk about this today. I'm so I love talking about leadership. I love talking about how anything that that we can just make it whatever we really want it to be is so fun. So remember that you are a leader. Remember that you are leading by example. Remember there's always somebody watching that you may not recognize. And remember that requires you taking care of yourself. And if you are not taking care of yourself mentally or physically or both, then I need you to send me a message. Just shoot me a message on Instagram and I need you to say whatever you need to say that you've been holding in and we can walk through it together. So before I let you guys go, I need to tell you about a free live training that I'm doing and I would love to see you there. So this training is going to be live on Zoom. It's December 4th at 5 p.m. If you can't make the live, that's okay. I'm going to send you a replay. But I am giving you my four-step method on how to cross more off your to-do list without actually doing more. So we're going to go through just some easy step-by-step ways to 
really make your life easier and to stop staring at your to-do list and just shutting down because it's so overwhelming. So I'm going to post the link in the show notes for you guys to join me there. And I can't wait to see you. So I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Please screenshot and share this. Send it to all of the powerful women around you. And I will talk to you guys next time. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. The link is in the show notes, so I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.